know, we might have to allow more time <laughs> for that. All right. Before we get into uh, the passage for today, I want to update you on two things that are near dear to uh, the hearts here at, at Central. One is the uh, All Souls, which is the church in Nashville. Now, they have, have been uh, kind of, in a sense, practicing to relaunch, and they're going to relaunch next Saturday. A different location, uh, uh, who is uh, kind of the interim there, was at Presbytery. He gave an update. Uh, and uh, encouraged by what was what was ha happening, and uh, looked forward to uh, what the launch was going to be. And in, in, in church launches, uh, pretty important, pretty important to that day. You do the invitations, you get the word out, and um, then you, and you, in humanness, you, you worry because what if nobody showed up? <laughs> but we're going to trust we're going to trust the Lord on that one. So that's very encouraging. Um, the second one is, again, the planners, we, we, we have uh, supported these planners and uh, we realize that church planning is not a guarantee in any way. And uh, Michael Gallup in Little Rock has decided that uh, his, time, his time there has been. He has uh, worked hard, uh, but he faced Total Rock was when James was back in the middle school in Chelsea, the schools and everything were still closed up in, up in Little Rock. He faced that faced the death of his mother, then the death of his father 11 months later. Uh, it has just been a, a, a tough road for him personally, and he decided that, decided that, that this is, uh, uh, that, that was the end of that endeavor. And, uh, and um, I concur. And then he talked to Presbytery yesterday, and uh, just, I, I can't relate to you what he has said, but Presbytery was very, was very supportive of him. Uh, they've heard his ups and downs, and, and, uh, was, we're just, just very encouraging to Michael. He'll be, wor be working at a church uh, in Little Rock. He wanted to stay because his family is pretty well entrenched. Little Rock, his uh, oldest daughter starting high school. Youngest uh, his son is starting middle school. Um, so he'll be working in uh, young adult and outreach, and outreach, local Presbyterian church there. Uh, and we uh, encourage, uh, encourage Michael to, to use his gifts, and we'll see, we'll see where what the Lord has for him in the coming days, okay? And just one more, just one more, we've, I know, I talk about church planning a lot. It's planning a lot for me, and you all have embraced it. We picked up another church planner in Smyrna, Georgia. Smyrna, think, well, what's in Smyrna, Georgia? It's the, the hottest area outside of Nashville, outside of Atlanta right now, okay? Okay, so it is really, he and his wife both crew there for many years. Uh, uh, they have a long history there, and they'll be plant planting, uh, in Knoxville is sending them down uh, to plant the church there. So it's very encouraging, and, and Matt will be here uh, on a Sunday it, this this spring uh, to tell us what he is doing there. Okay, so let's turn to James chapter one. It's also written there in your worship folder. Now we're working our way through James. This is heard if you've been here, um, and we are goodness, actually going to finish the first chapter today. All right, that's pretty good progress for us. All right, all right, if you're able, would you stand as we prepare to, to look into the Word of God? Our Heavenly Father, we ask that uh, your Holy Spirit would open, would open, our, open our minds, open our hearts, help us to see more than just what it says on the page. 
Help us to, to see and to live out what you implant in our hearts, this great, great gospel of Jesus Christ, this saving grace and mercy that has come upon us. Open our eyes, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. So just chapter 1, verses 9, verses 9 through 27. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every, let every person be quick, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and of the word and not a doer, a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks himself and goes away and at once forgets what he, what he is like. The one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, Father, this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This is God's inspired word for us today. So please be seated. There are six, are six mains here, and they're all theologically significant, but more than that, they're all very, very practical. Okay, now last week we looked at something that was a little bit more, little bit more um, overarching. We looked at the character of God, and we looked at the existence of evil and how, how God goes using that and, and where it came from. So that was much more of a, a heady theological, logical way. This is physical, and each of us, us faces six of these probably almost every day in what we do. Now you think six, six points is a lot, Rand. Well, uh, uh, finished my doctorate and graduated. Uh, John R. DeWitt, who's a big, big Reformed theologian, he had a 13-point sermon. Now I don't remember any of the 13 points, frankly. Uh, but it was a good. But it was a good. We were there because it came from Dewitt, and he was a, he's a powerhouse. Uh, a six. You get to write all six down in your notes. Okay, so you can so you can take them, take them with you. Straightforward. As I said, we all face these on a regular basis. So we look at this passage, and it, 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 at the end, James told us told us the Lord given us new birth of uh, uh, 18, the end of the previous chapter, new birth, new birth in Christ. For own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now it goes on to tell us that he has, that he has planted this word within us. So that's kind of a gardening or an agricultural image that we get. He puts it within us, um, deeply within us. Now the word, whether it is written or written or spoke to this crowd by the apostles, whether they heard this from his mouth or received this by the letter. This was efficient to change their lives. Efficient means, means it was efficient to change their eternal address as it, is, as it is enough for our lives and to change us. Remember, the word is the power of God unto salvation. We live it. We live it. We even tell our story and our testimony of things. And those can be used by the Lord. But, but we know it's here at its root, root and core that the word of God is the means by which the Holy Spirit opens, opens people's eyes. So in this section, find practical demands. Okay, James is very practical. 
these, this begins that practical application, application of the faith that has been planted within us. Now we have long, have long, Reformed theology has long, long divided uh, the Christian life into two aspects. Believing, leaving, obeying. You have to believe, and then if you truly believe, you will obey. The Westminster Larger, Larger Catechism divided into two sections, basically. There's the first five chapters of introduction, and then six, questions six through 90 deal with, deal with, believe. 91, one through 95 deal with the practical application in our lives, okay? How you live what you believe. And really, that's, that's important to us. Yes, we want to know about belief. We want to know about faith. We want to know what God does in our lives. Now, how, now how do I out each and every day? The application of it. So, let's see what James says for us today. Number one, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Slow to speak. Now, obviously, James didn't consult with me because my, my opinion is so important. Everybody needs to hear it. That's one of the problems we have. Everybody needs to hear my opinion. Uh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. It's one of the problems from slash opportunities in our modern world. There are endless opportunities, platforms to make, to make you known. Okay? You go on and... and Build yourself a YouTube page and espouse whatever you want, want or make those videos on that Chinese thing, um, <laughs> which, I'm, which I'm blanking on, whatever it's called, um, that, that, pe that people do. Uh, historically, we have realized the wisdom of beings to speak. Now, you remember the owl, right? Yeah. There was an old owl lived in an oak. The more you heard, the less you spoke. The less you spoke, the more you heard. Why can't we all be like, all be like that word? He's also the only one who knows how many licks it takes. Licks it takes center of a tootsie-roll tootsie pop, okay? So he is wise. He is wise. But this progression, quick, slow, slow, a, a classic, it's typical of classic Jewish proverbs, but it is atypical of human nature. Nature. Atypical. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping. Okay, there's a conversation. You, you put a bunch of preachers together. Man, we, we, we just start to each other. Because he's got a good point, and I'm going to... No, you've got to be slow, slow to jump in. It's Proverbs 17. Even a, even a fraud wise, if he keeps silent, okay? Why open your mouth and remove all thought of wisdom, okay? <laughs> when he closes his lips, he is, de he is deemed diligent. Listening, and that's what, what the heart of it here, is an act of love. When we go to prison... They, 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 they make sure that we understand. Listen, listen, listen of love. Listen to what they're saying. Don't just be sitting there ready to jump your own opinion and your own, own oh, you understand what it's like. Let me tell you about, no, no. Listen to them. It's an act of love to receive what they have to say and, and respond relative to what they have said. And that's what, not just, not just waiting to get opinion in, interacting and responding, digesting what the other says. James wants to be fully aware the words that come out of our mouths cannot be put back in. Okay, how many times done that and in your mind went, can we do it? But it's too late. Okay, they're out. They're out. Now you've probably seen the Snickers commercial where someone is sells 
okay? When they're hungry, what's the word? Hangry. Okay. And, and after a bite of Snickers, they return to normal. Okay, it's a magic pill. Careless words come out of our mouth so often when we are our foul mood, when we are under pressure, when we're tired, when we're distracted, when we're not really thinking, and, and, they, just, and they just get out of us. Now, Freud, now Freud would, you meant to say that, but, you know, sometimes they just slip out. We, just, we really didn't mean to say it, but, but it's too late. Perhaps you grew up in a family where that kind of interaction was just normal, where people were, were hurtful, or where people were so, for, so forced that you just, that's how you are now, and you think, well, that's the way I am. Get used to it. You, know, you have to be hurtful with your words. Scripture, scripture is very clear. We have to give an account of every word that we say. Anger, words spoken in anger, sin. Okay? And James is not talking about righteous anger here. He's, he's talking about selfish anger, uh, uh, petty anger, unrighteous anger. And, and the question is, how could you, how could you, how could you possibly demonstrate this right the glory? How could it possibly do that? Well, it can't. And the consequences of that, even for the most godly of us, are dire. Remember Moses in Numbers 20. He says the people are complaining because they're out in the, in the wandering in the wilderness of water, and the Lord says, "Go talk, go talk to the rock, and 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 water will come forth." And what does Moses do? In his anger, he whacks the rice. God said that was wrong. That was wrong. And Ephesians chapter four says, "Your anger gives a foot for Satan in your life." So we should be quick to listen, especially to the word of God. Slow to speak, will our words, our words honor God? Slow to anger. Is anger warranted? Sometimes righteous anger is warranted, but so often it is our own petty anger, selfish anger. And no, it does not further the righteousness of God. Of God. Number two, put away all filthiness. Oh, sure. That's easy, right? Except the world around us is lousy with filthiness. I mean, it is, and we are talking about moral, moral uncleanness. Because of the prevalence of moral uncleanness, filth in society, putting it away is not an easy task. We really have to reorder our order our lives in order to make this happen. From explicit, sexually explicit books to libraries, drag queens reading, reading our small children, images in advertisements, accessibility, ability of information on the internet, TikTok, that was that was that Chinese uh, that I couldn't remember before. A cable that comes into our lives, Netflix, Netflix Hulu, all the streaming services, services, regular stream of profanity that we see throughout our society, society. So many places, it is just, it is just so easy to hear and see filthiness in our society that it is hard to get away from. It is hard to get away from it. It becomes part of our everyday lives. And it's so easy then to ignore it. Hey, well, this is just the way it is. The way it is. And you know what? We are captive to that filthiness. Proverbs chapter 30 says, 30 says, There are those who are clean in their own eyes, but not washed of their filth. We can think we're good, but if somebody from the outside examined us and what we say and what we take in in our lives and our hearts, would we be clean? Are we purpose trying to put away the filthiness in our lives? How often do we get shocked at what passes for normal behavior, normal language in our world today? The great Puritan Thomas Watson said, 
water be foul if the water be foul in the bucket it cannot be clean in the well because he pulled it out of the well okay holiness holiness my heart that is changed and wants nothing more than to live in obedience to the lord to the lord if if filth root in our in our, our heart if we don't purposely try to get rid of it because it is out there and if we're not purposely trying to get rid of it it will come into our come into our heart it takes roots root in our heart takes residence in our lives then it's going to come out in our actions and if it comes out comes out in our it's going to come out in actions across society as a whole james as i said earlier equates putting away filthiness with the the agricultural image of the word of god has been plant, planted within us that means we have capacity you have you have the to put away filthiness will you oh, see and then that see and then that's a hard part God has God has given capacity to do this. Will I do? Will I be obedient? So we have to nourish what has been planted within us. We have to renew our minds in the Word of God. We have to cultivate by regular take of His Word, regular of prayer and time with Him, of worship, of uh, the in-depth conversation with believers, of what of what we learn. We have to cultivate what the Lord has implanted within us, in us, if we're going to put a witness in our lives. Number three, the question is, how do we accept this word that God has been planted within us? We receive it with meekness. Meekness. Meekness is not weakness. Remember that. It's power under control. So James has in mind here, here when he talks about this, two kinds of people. The first one is a person who, do, who does not to listen to what other people have to say, Especially if they speak with authority. A person is quick to speak, quick, quickly becomes angry if the words of others do not match his, match his or call his behavior into question. I'm just quoting. I like when, I like when people tell me to hear. Isn't that the way, the way we are? Okay. If they agree with me, I'm more inclined to listen to them. But if someone comes, comes with a different opinion, with an opinion that is opinion that is mine or what I think is really important, I might want to stomp on them. I might want to shut them down. And we've seen this, seen this really rise in the last five or ten years of speakers being shut down in, 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 in public. Come to dialogue, they come to, they're asked to present certain views, and then the crowd says, oh, no, and they run them out of town, you know, that, that kind of thing. They cade the auditorium door so they can't get in. Heaven forbid college students would hear a view that's different from what they're, they already hold. Many people have been, people have been canned in electronic social media. Because they put out forth an unpopular opinion or a different opinion. Right? The man who is quick to speak, quick to become angry, is not re receptive to the word of God. The word of God is what? It's sharper than a two-edged sword, man. It's going to pierce our hearts. And there are, and there are things. 50, no, 40, 46 years. That's not that good. I'm a Christian. There are plenty of things in Scripture I still don't like. Okay? Plenty of things I'd, I'd like to go, well, that means this is for you. Okay? Okay? It's about me in my life. Okay? Because it makes me conform to things that I don't like in my own human nature. I'd rather what Randy wants. I don't want to do what the Lord wants me to do. This man's man who is meek filters these things through his own desires, receives them selectively. Oh, I like that page. But, but not that one, okay? James kind of points at a second person, 
This person is slow to speak. Listen, remember, we see that already. He recognizes his own limitations. Now, when a, a brother or sister, or sister in Christ comes to him and tells us, some, tells us something, like, we need to be ready to receive that and, and examine our lives as response to that. First, he recognizes the limitations of his knowledge. Uh, maybe my thinking is thinking is just wrong. Maybe I need to correct that. So I'm eager to listen, learning anything valuable that this person can. can. If he hears something contrary to his own view, his first reaction is not anger, not to stomp on them, but self-examination. Is this the way I'm supposed to be before Christ? Before Christ receives it with meekness. So what are the larger qualities of the person who is meek? They trust in God. They follow him. They submit to his will. They wait on the Lord. They, they demonstrate they filled with the power, the power of the Spirit. They willingly submit to God because where is a, is a better be than in God's, will, God's ways? There is not a better place. So what does the word, the word that's implanted within English? Well, it saves us. Uh, and when we, now, uh, saving is pretty good, I want to tell you, okay? But when we dig into this word, it, it's a little bit, little bit deep than just the salvation that we talk about uh, by faith through grace. It is, it talks about re- restoration. It talks about being made whole, being made complete. complete. We look for the, the wholeness in life. You know, I'm, I'm a broken individual. The world is crushing me, and I feel like, like something is missing. We find that in Christ. Christ made whole, be made complete in Christ. Number four, what are we able to do now? We've received it with meekness. Oh, okay. So I can just go home, home, sit in my lazy boy chair. And, and rejoice? No. Do not merely listen, but be doers of the word. If you only hear the, hear the word and act upon it, you're deceiving yourself. That's what he says. Now, often in the New Testament, hearing, hearing, me, I'll say merely hearing, is tied to the word disobedience. Hebrews chapter 2, we must pay close, close attention to what we hear so that we do not drift away. Okay, hearing it and not really digesting, receiving it. Remember, um, Mary, Mary, who put all those things in her heart, she took them in, reviewed them again and again. So we have to be careful. Are we just listening, or are we really digesting? Today's world, with you can get sem- get seminar lectures online. You've got earbuds to walk around with so nobody can really knows your, your, your list. You're almost all the time. You've got time. You've got to pay everything you want. You have more opportunities to hear the word of God than, than ever than ever before. But James wants you to do more than just to listen to these things. You say, oh, man, I, I listen to Christian podcasts all the time. I'm always filling my mind with godly things. But are you hearing them? Are you digesting them? In the New Testament, Jesus says at least 54 times some form of he who has ears, let him hear. Okay? It's not just, oh, Jesus told us a parable. That's a good, that's a good parable. Okay? No. He says, if, he says if you have the ears for it, digest it, hear it, internalize, internalize it. Many, but never heard, never adjusted their lives to it. 
First John chapter 3, little children, children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Do I, do I have to do something if I'm a Christian? Yes, you do, you do. Does that get me saved? No, it does not. Jesus' work on the cross saved you. Now, if you truly believe, obedience will be a joy. It will be a tough joy sometimes, but it will be a joy. A joy. James continues with that type of, of uh, point as he gives us this, this illustration that we most of us know about the man who looks at his face in the mirror. In the mirror. A recent study, you'll be interested to know, showed that Italian men and women spend the most time in front of a mirror each week. Okay? Italian men spend five hours in front of a, front of a mirror. Italian men spend over six hours, six hours a week in front of a mirror. British men and women spend the least. Draw your own, draw your own conclusion. Now, if I gave you a piece of paper, could you draw a self-portrait right now? What do I look like? That's what James is after. Have you you've forgotten? And it's not really what I look. What I look. It's about the word. What does the word say? Okay. We we look in the mirror. We come. You know, in the morning we're just we're check, we're checking our look, sure our ties up, and I don't have any hairs going like this. And then we're off. But we don't really look really closely. Now we may do the same thing in His Word. We look at the Word in our devotions that morning. I go, oh yeah, I, I've got to adjust my my life to this. And then we're out the door. Did we read this morning? Let me think about it. Read something. I was gonna do something. Do something. Me after I read, read that passage. Uh, I can't remember. See, that's what James is saying. We have to be careful about this. Now, mirrors today are very sharp. In James's day, they were just made of polished metal, and they were not hung on a wall. They were laid were laid on a table. So if you wanted to look into it, you had to go had to go like that and look into the mirror. It's very distorted image at that time. So the person person who looks there and forgets what he looks like. Says that's the person who looks in the word and forgets what it says. Goes goes about the rest of their day. Remember, you have to put away filthy, filthiness. Okay, so filthiness in the world will act as, act as answer to what we learn in the word. The temporary, the enticing, the tantalizing, the scandalous, the frivolous. The, ris the risque it is see, to fill our minds with minds with that because man that's interesting did you read people magazine this week did you know about so so and so so it, no no i did but it, okay did you read james this week did you no i don't remember what james said james said okay we remember people or or james you better say james okay james but it's those things that tantalize the world which will which will ease what we digest here if we don't regularly stick it into our heart hearts okay now look at verse 25 there is this there's this word in verse 25 but okay, i mean that is that can be can be such a great word or a terrible word it's a great word here but the one who looks into the perfect law and we read from psalm 19, we can also see that in Psalm, in Psalm 19, the perfect law of God, the law of liberty. Isn't that a oxymoron, law of liberty? No, not in Scripture. Because you're never free unless you're confined to the law of God. 
only then, then be free to do all that he has for you. The one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. You will be blessed in Jesus' doing. There's an old, old, old Christian song, uh, old times, 70s, 70s. Um, be a doer of the word of the Lord. Really? Be, 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 be doer of the word of the Lord. Oh, you don't know. Okay. But that's what we have to do. We have to be doers of the word. And, and perfect here means absolute. When he uses use perfect, it's absolute. It's not relative to the things around you, relative to space, to space time, relative to circumstances, nothing like that. God is perfect, therefore his law is perfect. Psalm 1, Psalm 1, blessed is walks not in the counsel of the, of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight, delight is in the law of the Lord. Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, revives the soul. Again, moreover, by them is your servant, servant warned, keeping them, that is the precepts, the law of the Lord, there is great reward. One who does this meditates on it, and then he puts it into practice. And practicing the word of God will be so often at, at odds with the rest of the world around us. But you've got to let it seep in here. You've got to keep it in here so that you can do it. Number five. I don't like this. I like this one. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> Religion is worthless if you can't control your tongue. I mean, it's such a it's such a little thing. Okay, this goes back to the wise old owl. We, we listen and speak less. If we speak less, then I have less to control, and I give it time to think. What should I really, really say here? James goes. This is the, the most public and obvious way that true true faith demonstrated control of, of what comes out of the mouth. You think? Then you better prove it. If you think you're godly, then you better prove it. That's saying. And what are the signs of proving it? Controlling your tongue. Tongue. Now, you may say, you may say signs of, of re- being religious in our society. I don't smoke, drink, or chew. Or go with God. With God girls. I attend worship. Attend worship. I fast. Who else prayed and fast all the time? Pharisees. Differentiate between legalism, formal, and true. Is your heart broken over sin? Your sin. Do you regularly repent of that sin? Do you flee from temptation? Do you go the second mile in service? Do you for the least of these? Do you share your faith? Do you control your your such a little thing? But if you can't keep a tight rein on your tongue, can you keep a tight rein on anything else in your life? How do you expect to control the bigger things? Your attitude. Your time, your priorities. In fact, James goes so far as to tell us if we can't control our tongue, or if we're not even trying to control our tongue, tongue, your religion is worthless. Really? Yeah, that's that's what it says. He's being hard. But look at the world around us. Are we different? Is our language different? Or the way is the way, is the way that we greet people different? Do we speak do we speak words of kindness, words of compassion, words of encouragement, or Chop them up, okay, or criticize on a regular basis. 
Look at the world around us. Are you different? Are you different? Do you hold Christian priorities? Do the things that come out of your mouth, are they different? Or do you hold the priorities of the world? Where do you spend your money? Where do you spend your time? Where is your heart? Your heart is where your treasures are. There will your heart be also. Control your tongue. Control your eyes. Control your, control your mind. Control your pocketbook. Control your heart. You can't do it perfectly, but if you're not even trying, trying. Number six. Finally, religion is pure and undefiled. Take care. Now, when he said the least of these, it was, it was clear. He says, clear. He says, widows and orphans are there because those were the people, the people who need most care. They were without a safety net in the first century. If your husband died, you didn't much of a, uh, a, a opportunity to fall back on anything because he was he had the trade, he earned the wage. So many women ended up ended up in prostitution because they were widowed. And along comes the gospel, along comes the Christian church, and they're like, we've got to care for the widows. We can't let them think that, that that's the only path that they can follow. And then, and then the orphan, what happens if both mom and dad die? Where, where do they go? There's no other family. They're out on the street. Okay? So that's a challenge for us. And there are more than widows and orphans around, orphans around us. There are plenty of people that need cared for. And what happens if you just say, oh, Lord, Lord bless you? And they really didn't care for Second, don't be polluted by the world. He's telling us to be involved in the world, polluted by the world. Second Peter 3, therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. This isn't that different, that different from putting away all our lives. So why do we go through all this? Because the word has been implanted within us. Salvation has come to us in the come to us in the book of Jesus Christ. And our holy Heavenly Father calls us to holiness. Blessed, I'm going to go back to Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, of sinners, nor sits in the sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Now, I don't know about you, you, but I spend my days on this earth in the category, in the category blessed. I want to know what it means to be blessed by the Lord. I want to Lord. I want to find my happiness in God, no matter what the circumstances is. To do that, I have to live out, live out my Christian life. We have to be doers of the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you, and, and this and this pass is hard on us because it's it's a call to action. We have to live these things out if they are real in our lives. We will live them out. Now you understand, and, and we and we will understand as well. We're, we're not going to do it per- perfectly. There'll be times, seasons, maybe even in our lives of failure. But we want, but we want to hear your word. Let it penetrate our hearts, so that we don't forget it. Forget it. Live it out. When we come face to face with these things, we can identify filthiness and move on. We can flee temptation. Care for those that you bring into our lives. Into our lives need not just material things, but they need the gospel as well. Lord, that you would show us each day how to be a doer of your word, how to live these things out. The world may know Jesus Christ is Lord.
is found only in him. We pray this in Jesus' name.